Let me know if this sounds like you. You're a teacher who's at their wits end, burned out, or maybe you're just stressed to the max. You want to get on the road to burnout recovery, but you don't know what to do, how to get there, or if it's even possible. I hear you and I want to help, but we didn't get into burnout on the same path. So why should recovery be any different? That's why I wanted to share with you a brand new free resource that I have on my website. It's called the Personalized Roadmap to Teacher Burnout Recovery. In this quick, less than five minute quiz, you'll answer questions that will help identify your needs, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Once you've completed it, you will have access to the personalized roadmap to burnout recovery that's going to give you your next best steps to take on your recovery journey, packed with resources and support along the way. Head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash quiz or head over to the link in the show notes. I cannot wait to see your action steps along the way. Enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to episode 30 of the Resilient Teacher Podcast. Are you one of those teachers who feels like there is never enough time to get things done? Maybe you feel disorganized or you can't keep up with the never-ending list that we're expected to do as educators. I get it. I really do. And so many of us want to make goals for the new year to be better organizers or more systemized for the new year. So before you buy that brand new 2023 planner and break out your washi tape highlighters and gel pens, I had to bring you an episode where we talk about why your teacher planner is not going to solve your teacher burnout issues and really turn that around with what will transform your burnout. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hey there, and welcome to the Resilient Teacher Podcast, the podcast giving overwhelmed and burned out teachers inspiration, sustainable strategies, and reigniting passion for teaching. I'm Brittany, a special education teacher and teacher resilience and retention strategist, and I am on a mission to inspire educators to prioritize their mental health and individualize their self-care routines so that they can live a balanced, fulfilling life as an educator while making a bigger impact in their classrooms and communities. Each week, I'll be sharing tips, strategies, mindset shifts, and discussing hot topics in teacher resilience with other knowledgeable experts so that you can ditch the overwhelm, prevent burnout, and create the life you've been dreaming about. So let's get started, and let me remind you that you too are a resilient teacher. So with the new year approaching, I knew I wanted to make sure we talked about this before you drop them dollar dollar bills on a brand new planner. I'm not telling you to never buy a planner again or throw your $40 happy planner or Erin Condren in the bucket. I'm not telling you that washi tape and gel pens are not something you should use. This is not what this episode is about. You absolutely can order one if you want to, and you should, like if you have an effective system for using it. But I'm bringing you a little tough love to share with you that feeling disorganized and like you never have enough time to get things done that you want to, it's not going to be solved by a new planner or a digital planner, no matter how amazing and beautiful it is. The thing is, if you're not consistent with the way that you use it and the routines it helps you create, it's not going to do much good. So let me say that again. 
If you aren't consistent with the way that you use your planner and the routines it helps create, it's really not going to do much good. So unless we actually use it with intention, just buying that planner and the supplies isn't going to do the dirty work for you. So let me back up just a bit to share with you how I began using my planner differently in the beginning of my burnout recovery and why it made such a difference. So I've talked about it before, but when I went to therapy, I was at my lowest point. I felt defeated in my job, my life. I'd really lost myself. So when my therapist asked me, how often do you feel sad or just apathetic? And at the time, when I shared with her my struggles, I made this overgeneralized statement that I was always... I really hate to interrupt this episode, but I've got to bring you this really quick and remind you that getting help from a licensed professional is not a weakness. If you've listened to more than just this episode, you will notice that all of the educators that I speak with cite that therapy helped them through their tough times. And hey, while this podcast is meant to be helpful, it is not a replacement for therapy. I know so many educators who struggle with finding quality therapy near them or have difficulty managing appointments to see a therapist when our schedules as educators aren't really conducive for appointments to get help. That's why I've partnered with Talkspace, which is a comprehensive online mental health treatment website with various options to meet all of your needs. You can get ongoing support from a licensed professional from the comfort of your home, your car, wherever, because it's completely virtual and they accept many insurance plans as well. Stop putting yourself on the back burner because of the commute times and the scheduling hassles. Head over and save $100 on your first month at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash Talkspace and use the code SPACE, S-P-A-C-E, for flexible plans to meet your needs and lifestyles and save money while receiving high-quality mental health care. Back to the episode. Feeling bad. So, what she did was she helped me come up with ways that would ultimately lead me to making huge transformations in my self discovery and my burnout recovery. And the first thing she had me do was track how I was feeling from day to day. Was I feeling optimistic, happy, joyful, sad, depressed, mad, tired? And then really track things like water intake, my time of the month, where I was, who I was with, those sorts of things. And really, what this did was multiple things. The first thing it did was have me recognize that really I did not always feel bad. There were days when I was feeling good and maybe when I was one of those dull, exhausting moods, it was really overshadowing the positive things that were happening. The second thing that it did was it had me realize that there were certain everyday things that were impacting my moods, my emotions, and more so than really those outside circumstances. For instance, binging on a carton of ice cream really made me feel very low energy the next day and more susceptible to feelings that one would consider negative. So the third thing that it did was it had me identify other emotions that I was feeling. Like some days I would say I was feeling depressed, but in reality, a more accurate emotion word might have been exhausted. So over time, my planner became sort of a progress monitoring tool for my burnout recovery. I could visually and objectively see what factors were impacting how I was feeling. Now, that's not to say that your planner would do the same for you, but let's discuss some reasons why your teacher planner may not be working to get you out of burnout. So the first reason I want to bring up is that maybe you're not using it like a planner. Maybe you're using it like a calendar. And yes, there is a difference between your planner and your calendar. So planners really provide direction. 
and calendars just really provide the timing. So planners are a place where you create, you record, you track your progress on a date basis or a deadline-based plan. Calendars are just used to record key dates. Planners are what help you think through the path to an end goal, and calendars are just where you record things on a specific date. So a planner is really the tool to help you do something or take action. And now I want to say this. In the past, I've used my planner as more of like a method of tracking achievement, which is one good method for using your planner. But when we consider what a planner is actually for in the context of teaching, a planner is where you may record specific due dates so that you're making a plan to reach them. Like if you only put your report card due date in your planner, then you're using your planner as a calendar, which is totally fine if all you have to do is just know when they're due. But if you're wanting to ensure that you're meeting that deadline with the correct things in place, then you have a lot of steps to meet that. Like, have you ensured that all of your grades are in the grade book? Have you ensured that all of your grading has been completed? Do you have any students who may require different grading? Do you have to complete a verification form to submit to your administrator? Are there additional comments that you have to make in the progress reports or your report cards? All of those steps that really lead up to the actual report card deadline, right? So using your planner as an actual planner really means that you're writing down all of those days that you need to complete all of those steps instead of writing just the final product and hoping that you're going to be able to mentally work backwards to complete all those steps when you're supposed to. So when we think of the planner in the terms of burnout, the human brain's really complex, but in some ways it's kind of simple. We thrive off of a pattern of achievement and reward. So when it is balanced, we're balanced. So when we're achieving things and really recognizing these achievements, celebrating those achievements, some kind of reward or recognition afterwards, that is where we're feeling that balance and we're running smoothly. But burnout often occurs because we're in these seasons of overachieving for a long period of time. So only achievement and no acceptance, recognition, or receiving of the reward, that internal or that external validation where we aren't experiencing that real present moment and the reward of it. So when we're moving through these stressful situations into another stressful situation, into another stressful situation, we're not completing that cycle and not really getting to enjoy the benefits of what we worked through. The stress cycle and the achievement reward cycle are really one within the same. So when we're all about achieve, 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 those achievements really lose their meaning and we become depressed, we become apathetic, we're burned out. But the same goes when there's all rewards and no achievement. That's why doing the same thing to reward yourself time and time again really loses its meaning. So if your reward is binging on Netflix after a long day, if you do this day in and day out, it really becomes kind of a default state. It doesn't give those same reward chemicals in your brain. So when we're overachieving and never recognizing, celebrating, or being present for our achievement with that reward, 
it becomes meaningless. It becomes our default state. But we can kind of hack the system, right? When you're in burnout recovery, we can be in the state of fuzz. We kind of lose our identity. We're just going through the motions. So a planner can really be helpful if used appropriately in order to hack that system. It can just give us that state of routine or structure. So I'm not saying that just making it a running record isn't good enough. It can be used this way to really celebrate any achievements throughout each of your days for you to really reinforce the systemized approach of achievement and reward. This is a way that we can hack our brains to recognize that, yes, we are accomplishing things, but it all comes down to really creating a system when using your planner. So let's talk about some ways that we can use our planner specifically to make changes during our burnout recovery. So there are a lot of different methods that we can use when using our planner as a tool, but we can also use them a little bit like mix and match and add them together if it feels right, or just to add a few in a little bit at a time. So the first thing we can do is we can really set clear boundaries with our stress by time blocking in our planner. So using your planner's hourly spread to kind of block time for all of your priorities, including time for yourself, that prioritizing that time for what supports you rather than what drains you. So if you need help in determining your energy draining and energizing tasks, I definitely recommend checking out my free 10-minute training on auditing your work-life balance, which I'll add in the show notes, but you can also access that at teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash audit. But when you know you're burned out, instead of starting with like plugging in all of your scheduled commitments for the week, just start out with the things that you want to do to restore yourself. This could include walks during your lunch break just to get some fresh air or starting your workday an hour later to grab a drink at your favorite coffee shop, those sorts of things. Another way to use your planner is to adopt a new morning routine just to start your day right. So those first 15 minutes of your day can really set the tone for the rest of it. Creating a morning routine could include some committing to stay off your phone first thing in the morning, carving out that extra time for breakfast at home rather than during your commute, or just reading a few pages of a book when you first wake up. So if we pencil this into our planner as a visible reminder to put ourselves first, that's a really great way to start your day. The third thing is to just create a list of what helps you recharge. So you might have a go-to routine just when you need a break. This is like a mini method of creating like an emergency plan for burnout recovery. And we dive really deep into this in the Individualized Educare program, but just really asking yourself things like, well, what is your favorite activity when you have a night to yourself? Or after a really long day, what is really going to help you recoup? Just jotting these types of things down in your your planner for reference the next time you're feeling burned out is really helpful. You can create a list, you can do a mind map, any combination that your brain really cooks up. Then the next thing is that you can track your daily movement and add encouragement to your planner. So moving your body every day is a really great way to combat the physical and mental signs of burnout exhaustion, which we've discussed in Ending the Stress Cycle in Episode 4, which I'll link in the show notes. But 
it doesn't have to be like intense exercise for it to be beneficial for your well-being. Even just really a few minutes of stretching has the power to change how you feel. You can track this in your planner just by making a list, adding it to your daily time blocking or using a tracker format. But don't forget to really give yourself encouragement too. A quote you might find inspiring, a cute little doodle, or even planning like a reward for your effort can really help to motivate you. And then also tracking your sleep and committing to a bedtime. Burnout and chronic stress can really mess with your sleep schedule. So you can use your planner to track your sleep patterns by recording the times you fall asleep and you wake up or even to really plan for your ideal bedtime. So if you're feeling tired throughout the day, just aim to go to bed an hour earlier than you have been lately. Just really getting enough sleep looks different for every person and there's really no shame in going to bed early. (laughs) And last but certainly not least, you can use your planner to schedule in time to do absolutely nothing. Like we've been saying all along, really overcoming burnout means you need to do less, not do more. So if you take anything away, it's that you deserve that time to yourself. So use your planner, find time every day when you just have no expectations of yourself. You don't have to be productive during this time or accomplish any of your goals. You just have to kind of be present. So just to reiterate, just buying your new paper or digital planner is really not going to get you out of burnout. It's all in how you use it as a tool to aid in your burnout recovery. Knowing how you're intentionally using it as a tool to hack your achievement and reward cycle or like how I use spine to initially see those patterns of mood and emotion based on times of the month or sleep or dietary intake or just using it for tracking or time blocking. All of these are great ways to use it as a tool. It's not just really intention that leads to that change. It's not just the tool that leads to the change. It's the intention plus the action plus consistency that really leads to changing our reality. And if you're looking for a planner that's going to help you in your burnout recovery, I have two major resources that will help support you. The first is my Ultimate Teacher Digital Planner. It will also be available in a printable method as well, and that includes literally everything you would need to keep in your teacher binder with the benefits of a regular planner too. Just think about everything you wish you had in a planner plus like everything you would have forgotten. And if you're a special educator, you'll definitely want to check it out. So head over to the link in the show notes or go to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash digital planner. Or if you're interested in a paper version of this, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash planner. And then the second resource I have is a free planner for trying out digital planning before you go all in. This planner is really great for anyone who just wants to use it as a method of progress monitoring, but also for hacking that achievement reward cycle as well. So you can get your free digital planner through the link in the show notes or go to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash free digital planner. And if you already have a planning system, we would love to have you over on the Resilient Teacher Community page as well. So if you're not already a member of the support squad, come over, share your method of planning. Let's work towards using this as a tool for burnout recovery. Our community is really a hub where I want the listeners of this podcast to share their struggles, their wins, all of the teacher burnout recovery things, because we know that community 
helps us. The support that a community gives is really going to make a difference. And we are all in this together. We need more teachers who are showing up, setting those boundaries and pushing back to change the system. And we would love to hang out with you there. So head over to the link in the show notes or head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash support squad. Remember, you are a resilient teacher. We are in this together. You've got this. Before you go, head over to teachingmindbodyandsoul.com slash podcast to check out any links, freebies, and resources discussed in this episode so that you can start recovering from or preventing burnout and reigniting your passion for teaching. If you liked this episode and it helped you or made you think in any way, I know it will be for other educators too. So subscribe and leave a review so more educators can find this community as well. Did you know that you can have an incredible impact on the teachers in your life? That's right. All you have to do is share what you learned today. Take a screenshot of the episode you're listening to and tap me and post it in your stories. What do you say that we start creating a trail for more teachers around us so that we can start to make the change in the system of education, how teachers are seen and respected, and for ourselves? I look forward to connecting with you more on Instagram at Teaching Mind, Body, and Soul or TikTok at Miss Princess Teach. I am always looking for an excuse to chat more about burnout, resilience, and teacher support. I'll see you in the next episode.